0: Show, thanks very much. This is the Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This is episode number 313 for the week commencing here in Wellington, at least for Tuesday, the 20th of January 2015. It's Tuesday, not Monday, because Monday was Wellington Anniversary Day. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm, as you probably guessed, here in Wellington. Also, here in Wellington, New Zealand, is Brett King, who joins me over Skype. Welcome to the show, Brett. Howdy. Well, Brett, it's been a a long weekend for for Wellingtonians, and I think Auckland get their turn uh, next week. <laughs> I understand uh, you were f- fairly busy the, uh, this long
1: weekend. Yeah, yeah. I always enjoy going to the race days on Wellington Anniversary Weekend.
0: Did your horse come in? Uh, no. But hey, it's that's not the point, is it? It's a no. day, it's a day out, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs>
1: I had some good picks, but I never made back more than a bet.
0: Right, right. Well, you know, hey, it's 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 about a day out, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Oh, good on you. All right, Brett, let's just leap into the uh, three tech stories we have. We've got two international stories and one New Zealand story. Uh, we finally have a New Zealand section. Well, we've had a New Zealand section for a while, but we've never really filled it with anything interesting. Uh, uh, well, there's been nothing interesting to fill it for a while and – uh, this time, we do have a New Zealand story. But we'll come to that in due course. Let's kick off with Google announcing that Google Glass Explorer Edition is no longer going to be on sale until further notice. So the Explorer Edition, as I understand, is the one that doesn't have the the lenses in, in, the, uh, in yeah, the frame. Yeah, it's, it's, their, just the it's, frame. Their,
1: it's their standard edition, yeah. So
0: why have they announced... That they're, they're no longer going to be selling this product is—is is it inher- well, inherently flawed? Is it?
1: I think they've come to realise that it's right now. They have a lot of concerns. The public has a lot of concerns with the product, and it wasn't really going anywhere. It—it it didn't create a niche. It—it it was not a, a an iPhone <laughs> or an iPod. <laughs> it okay, does not have so, that same niche creating power or potential. Brett, let's that start those with concerns.
0: So, let's start with the concerns you mentioned. What are, are we talking?
1: Privacy concerns, or, or, or? well, massively privacy concerns because it's a it's a surreptitious, always on voice commanded filming apparatus.
0: Wasn't one of the comments the perfect
1: stalking tool? Exactly. It is the perfect stalker tool. That's why pretty much every piece of publicity that came out about Google Glass in the last, what, since it came out, (laughs) almost every piece, the vast majority have been negative interactions between the public and Google Glass users.
0: Well, this exactly. So looking back, we we perhaps... I think there's a certain amount of naivety. Yeah, a
1: massive amount of naivety on Google's part, thinking that by introducing a surreptitious filming tool, (laughs) that the public is not going to backlash at it.
0: Now, let's be clear, though. Google didn't design it for stalking, correct?
1: No. And they would probably not want
0: it to be used for that.
1: Of course not. But that doesn't stop it from being the ideal tool for it. Glass is not like a camcorder. A camcorder, you can see it coming. You can see when somebody's pointing it in an inappropriate direction. With Google Glass, most people, unless they have a a close look, wouldn't even know that you're wearing a Google Glass. And and they wouldn't know that your head is slightly tilted in the wrong direction so that you can be peering where you shouldn't be and recording (laughs) what you shouldn't be. And, you know... You would notice if your date was across the, you know, a table from you uh, with a camcorder recording your date or with their phone up recording your date. But if they were wearing cuckoo Class, you might have some suspicions <laughs> about what, think- what they're saying to you about whether or not they're recording you.
0: Yeah, because that's the thing. For a start, you, you don't really know whether it is recording or not. But secondly, the other thing is you may not even realize in the first place that it's a Google Glass device and, and that the last half hour, you know, the conversation you were having or, what, or whatever it is you were doing was being recorded, and that's slightly unnerving. It's very unnerving for people.
1: They, it's, it's very unnerving for everybody. It means that in, when you're in a public place, you can't feel... Safe and secure in the knowledge that you would be able to see when something is filming you.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's the key thing, Brett. What you said. It's not about not being recorded. It's about consent, knowing when you're being recorded. Indeed. Mm. And, and that's a big difference. And
1: about seeing when people are recording inappropriately.
0: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. All right. So uh, anyway, that's what they've announced for now. I think they're going to continue selling it to businesses who are using it for business purposes. But uh, mm. for consumers, oh, yeah. you it's, can see that it's there's, off the
1: shelves. For stock companies and companies with large warehouses, having a head-mounted um, you know, interactive computer is a brilliant thing for a stock take for inventory management. So it's got potential uses and that sort of thing. It's just that in public use, it does not have a niche. There is no niche for it. Yeah. Especially when you see the the, uh, plethora of other wearable devices which are coming out now. Everybody's got a smartwatch coming out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Everyone's doing smartwatches now. All right. So look, Brett, let's leave that story there. Google, I think, have admitted it was uh, their first, well, it's their first foray. And-
1: Indeed, they're putting it, they're not really even putting it on the shelf now, are they? They've taken it out of the Google X labs and they've passed it off to a um, another part of Google, another division, headed by a, a marketing <laughs> person. So maybe they're, oh, yeah, going to try and put, get the marketing person, give them a, give that division a, a, a good, Year or two to work up some kind of spin that is going to make Google Glass acceptable to people. Because mm. I mean, <laughs> how are even- they going to address the the, the, um, the privacy concerns? Yeah, because that is that's the thing. It's it's you've got to address those concerns in a a, a drastic and irrefutable way to make it overcome that social barrier
0: oh totally i mean a Forrester research poll showed that half of consumers or almost half had privacy concerns about it so it is it is a big thing it is yeah it's the major thing that they need to to overcome mm-hmm. brett let's talk about the next big shift in home entertainment specifically televisions and displays hdr is the big thing now Hmm. Or you know the up and the, the thing that's going to be the next big thing, I should say.
1: <laughs> what you mean? It's 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 not 3D. <laughs> and 3D came and went,
0: didn't it? Oh, 3D was short-lived. But uh, you know what, Brett? You and I are not surprised. A lot of no. analysts have said <laughs> the surprising. same. Exactly. A lot of people were saying the same thing. 3D is not going to last. Well, it's not going to be the the big thing for you know, forever. And
1: it's not gonna become commonplace. It's not gonna become a default.
0: No, that's right. It's it's more of a sort of a gimmicky add on. And and I think that's the way it's gonna remain. However, H D R is the big thing. So high dynamic range, this is where the Brights are you know are, are very bright and the darks are, are very dark, which is oh yeah. It's well, not
1: new tech; it's been around in you know um, photography for ages.
0: Yeah, although having said, you're right. But uh, there's this this often I find there's two different uses for HDR. When it comes to imagery, often it's used in the context of uh, simulating HDR on a non HDR display, and that's where you can. Uh, and I've actually written a little algorithm myself actually to do that, where it takes the the uh, darker tones from the overexposed yeah. image and it takes the lighter tones from the underexposed image and, and, and the middle from the middle. Mm. And that
1: con- is how you make HDR.
0: That's That's how you make HDR. But here we're talking about technology that can actually produce very, very bright lights. Mm. So we're talking about brightnesses that will be you know i mean if if we filmed the sun right now on a camera and we put that on our tv you,
1: you would it'd be a big white splodge. it'd just be
0: a white splodge and, and and but you know you wouldn't really need you wouldn't be squinting or anything you'd just be looking at this this it's just like looking at a white square or a circle actually in this case this the sun's a circle
1: <laughs> yeah but the pictures a square and the sun's so bright that you would just have a big white square
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it might be there too but you know, you'd just be looking at this this color of white but with HDR televisions it's 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 beyond it's more than just an algorithm on the uh on the image itself it's the, that the hardware will be able to produce some you know some intense colors so yeah the, yeah. the, the so brights will be bright not just
1: better look better black better blacks better whites which has been contrast pretty much it, it, it is about. it's
0: yeah. we're talking contrast and contrast ratios.
1: has been a, a big Thing for LCDs, LEDs, and, and, well, CRTs, from the dawn of television <laughs> and monitor technology.
0: Yeah, that's right. How do
1: you get a really black black or a really white white?
0: And people don't often realise this, but, you know, the black on your television is just a sort of a medium to dark grey, and the yeah. white is actually just a, a medium to light grey. Yep. There's so much more black and so much more white beyond oh, what you think is black and white.
1: Indeed, and the fact that pretty much every single display out there right now within itself will have a gradient. There will be parts of it which can display a blacker black than other parts of it.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, the other
1: one of the things you look at when you're attempting to choose a new LED monitor is you look at the, the, the contrast map, which is a, a, a map showing how bright the brights can be and how black the blacks can be across the screen.
0: That's right. And the other thing I was going to mention also for HDR, specifically for HDR televisions, is that they're talking about going to 10 bits per colour as opposed to 8 per colour. So mm-hmm. instead of 256 shades of gray and uh, it's no, no, don't make any puns here with the book but uh, there's going to be a <laughs> 1024 Shades of grey or shades of any particular colour. <laughs>
1: 1024 shades of grey? How can I not make jokes about that? Okay, I'll, I'll refrain myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, zip, zip the uh, lips here, that's right. No, so, I mean, you know, it, it's about getting the blacks back and the whites whiter, but also more steps in between. And uh, yep. that combined with 4K is going to look absolutely – in fact, does, there's some concept TVs being put out already, going to, mm. you know, look
1: But the big thing for this is – they will look spectacular if they've got content that is also in hdr
0: absolutely you're ex- you're good point Brent. <laughs>
1: otherwise yeah. it's just going to it'll your regular shows will look look better but they won't have the the full range that a show which has actually been produced on you know camera technology which also supports HDR.
0: Exactly. I mean, you know, you we've all seen the odd video or two on YouTube that you can pump up to 1080p, but you can tell it's been recorded in 480p and it looks no better than the 480. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, that's the kind of concept you're talking about there, right, Brett?
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: So, yes, it's we have to have the but it. you know that will come with time. It's a it's a chicken and eggs situation. You know, you have to mm-hmm. someone's got to go first.
1: Indeed. And and fortunately, the the um Global video media has Netflix, and Netflix is willing to take a risk on all kinds of things, and they're already producing some of their stuff um, in HDR, or at least one of their shows in HDR, isn't it? Their, their new show Marco Polo is produced in yes, HDR.
0: Yes, I, I think was it that one? I uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. There was, and they've all, haven't they also announced that they're going to be supporting HDR uh, from from in general you know from as as new media is created yep. new content is created so indeed. because this that's the other equation the, the part of the equation as well it's your provider so there's the the content producers but you also have to have your provider i.e. in the, say netflix is, is one of them they have to also support hdr if they don't
1: indeed they have to be bumping it across from what is in because exactly. <laughs> there's no point the you know the the producer of the film or tv series creating it in hdr and then the content supplier downscaling it
0: (laughs) exactly so you've got three things you've got the content producer you've got the content delivery and then you've got your hardware so all three have to support hdr and that will come with time
1: indeed indeed but it will allow a much clearer crisper um more true-to-life imagery that's what we're getting at more true-to-life imagery
0: yep exactly Looking forward to it. Okay, Brett, let's leave it there for the international stories. When we come back, we'll cover the New Zealand stories. Don't go away. Hey, welcome back. This is a New Zealand section, and we haven't had one for a while. I mentioned that earlier in the show. So, uh, this is, uh, you know, it's good to go there again. Now, uh, if I say to you Uber, you'd probably think of the, uh, the ride sharing. Uh, service?
1: Well, since, yeah, since the beginning of 2014 or or what is it, 2013, um, when you think Uber, you think the ride-sharing app. Prior to that, you know, it was just Uber. (laughs) It was just a a more Uber way of saying awesome.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) Uber cool. There is a, a company called the Uber Group, a Fungarei internet provider. And mm. they've got obviously a, a similar name. Oh though. yeah, they'll
1: mm. they'll be getting a lot of negative publicity having the same name as a <laughs> internet company that is having an awful lot of negative publicity uh, through many different countries.
0: Yeah, see that's the thing uh, that <laughs> the, well, the 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 internet provider is not happy because there has been some negative. Uh, Stories around the Uber ride-sharing app or service, and uh, you know people are getting a little bit confused, and they think they're one and the same, and that those you know, and yeah. so they're in a bit of a trademark stoush with the uh, with with the other company. Mm. Oh, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I'm wondering whether, you know, there's one of two possible outcomes, really. Either they're going to come to an agreement and some money's going to change hands and the Uber ride-sharing app will come into New Zealand as 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 it is, Uber, or it'll go the other way where Uber will be forced to, to say, okay, we're going to, sorry, Uber ride-sharing, that is, uh, will be forced to say, look, we'll we'll, we'll launch in New Zealand under a different name, a little bit like Burger King, in australia it's uh hungry jacks i believe yeah mm. yeah so it's it's important to point out that the uber group in fungaray has been using the the name well before the uber ride sharing people Mm-hmm. And uh, normally, by by law, trademark law, it's it's who's been using it first. Even though they didn't apply to register it until much later, uh, it really comes down to if they can prove they were using it first, they should get uh, uh, first first dibs. Indeed. But you know, depending on how much money's going to be offered to them, you know, they might go the other way and go, "Hey, that's cool. We'll change our name, and, <laughs> and, and, and we'll accept your, you know, two million dollars or whatever it is."
1: Yeah. it's well, a hard call. That. I'd kind of like to see the Whangarei the, the Uber group get to keep their name because they had it first and also it would, might disassociate the name Uber from such negativity um, in New Zealand at least. But then news and technology news is global. And so every Uber row still going to have those little bits of, you know, do you really want to have the same name as that? Yeah. That's, Even that's, if you make them call themselves something different in New Zealand.
0: That's the other side of the coin. And I think, you know what? You know, if Uber, you know, when Uber gets well established, sorry, I'll have to define which Uber I'm talking about. This is awfully confusing. When the Uber ride sharing company gets itself more established in New Zealand if, than it already
1: is. I think what you're going to be thinking here, Edwin, is if it is able to get itself more established. Uh, look they <laughs> at the moment yeah, but- it's skating on such thin ice over legal issues, safety issues, insurance issues. There are so many things wrong with the way that that company is behaving in countries around the world. I know flouting they- regulations
0: yeah I know and here's the, here's the thing in New Zealand they were charging per kilometer and that is illegal unless you have a taxi license however, exactly. they are allowed to charge by time or a fixed rate and as long as they stick to those rules you know and we've seen other companies do it like uh, driving Miss Daisy and so on you know so if you charge yeah, per hour but, or but fixed all of those rate, people
1: all of those people have appropriate licenses and insurance for driving the public Uber drivers don't.
0: No, but they don't need to if they're charging by Yes, ti- they do. Not if they're charging by no, time. No,
1: they do. They do. They have to have a public a public drive, you know, or whatever the hell it's called, a public haulage license or whatever, you know, a thing that allows you to drive
0: really, passengers. But really? Because they certainly don't need a taxi license, that's for sure.
1: They have to have a license and insurance which allows them to carry people because it's not just carrying private people. It's not carrying private citizens. It's not the same as, you know, carpooling because it's a commercial entity. It comes under a different part of the law. In Australia, they're currently having a massive stoush for exactly the same thing as they've got people with private driver's licenses driving as Uber drivers when you cannot drive commercial passengers on a private driver's license. If you get into an accident, your private insurance will not cover it because you're yeah, driving the, I, commercial I, I, I
0: passengers. Yeah, totally. I can understand the insurance side, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, and I, I know from, from having read about this that they don't need a, a taxi license per se. If there's another license that you're saying they need, then, uh, look, I'm not sure about that. But
1: It's the endorsement on your driver's license that says that you are allowed to carry commercial passengers. It's a driver's license endorsement.
0: Oh, that's what you're talking about, the driver's license endorsement.
1: Yeah, is you the, have to have for, a driver's license endorsement that says oh, okay. that you can All carry right. commercial okay.
0: passengers. All right.
1: because if what you the, do not have that, you are not covered by any insurance and you are not allowed to drive it. Right. So, so any Uber so driver obviously a who, is, issue. who is signing up right now that does not have that cannot legally drive. They are driving illegally. What was the, the recent thing last week uh, from Australia that Uber has been uh, cancelling the accounts of Ah uh, the Uber accounts of people that have been determined to be inspectors, road inspectors, you know police inspectors they have been oh, cancelling oh, okay. their accounts well, so that the inspectors cannot use the Uber app to you know stop <laughs> Uber drivers. Well look
0: personally I would I, look it, it's not a good look, but personally I would have thought they can they can choose who who your customers are as long as no, they not, can't. why not?
1: Because in Australia, the law for taxi drivers is they cannot refuse a fare.
0: Oh, oh, I see what you mean because these are so they're registered as taxis are they over there in, in Australia?
1: It's they're, they're a passenger transport. they cover they come under the same part of the law. In oh, okay. Australia, they have to be. They oh, ha- so
0: they have to accept the fare, yeah. yeah. See, because
1: what I was saying... Well, to they don't. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's you, the point. They yeah, don't.
0: Yeah. I want to go back to what you were saying about the driver licence endorsement. That's a second issue. The first issue that I raised, uh, and, and that's easily solvable, is the fact that they were charging per kilometre, which requires a taxi licence. Mm. Whereas if you charge per hour or by time, you don't. But obviously, there are other things like what you were saying. Uh, according to you, Brett, you were saying they also need uh, the right driver license endorsement, which they they don't have. So there's a number yep. of legalities. But anyway, I, I want to go right, right back to what I was saying to start with, which was I would, I would, when we're talking about who who gets to keep the name. In a mm-hmm. way, I'd like, I, I'd, I'd kind of like to see Uber, um, the, the, uh, ride sharing. Come into New Zealand as Uber, not as a uh, Hungry Jacks in Australia for for Burger King. I'd like to, it to be what it is, but at the same time, uh, obviously, you know, Uber Group fungare has been using it earlier. So, Indeed. so I guess you know, in in my in Ed's world, I would like to see Uber Group go, hmm, in fungare go, hmm. We'd like to keep our name, but actually, you know what? For for two, the two million dollar offer from Uber ride sharing. We're happy to change. And then they're happy, and then I'm happy that Uber gets to uh, have its ride-sharing app as Uber.
1: (laughs) Well, I would like to see Uber ride-sharing become legitimate uh, and stop flouting laws and charging people uh, thousands of dollars for a late-night trip. Because of their surge pricing and the fact that they don't show you your price until an email you get well after you've finished your ride.
0: Yeah, it should have been before. Absolutely. There's a whole bunch of points. that 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 is one of the
1: other legislations in Australia that they have where the taxi companies must show you the fare.
0: Yeah, exactly. They
1: must take your ride and you must see what the fare is. And with Uber, they're not doing that. Yeah, then they they're should just be. flouting everybody every other country's laws on how to carry passengers. They are Doing it illegally, and, and how can you trust them and, and do you know what, so for doing that?
0: And what's so and frustrating is the that they're
1: is- canceling inspectors' accounts yeah, because yeah. they have been discovered as being, oh my God, that's a, that's a traffic inspector. Cancel his account so we can't find any of our drivers. That is an obstruction of justice. This is an illegal operation <laughs> acting illegally in bad faith.
0: You know what's so frustrating is that they could have actually done this properly, that there are ways of of doing it. I think. uh, Indeed, there are tons of ways of doing (laughs) it. Just if only, you know.
1: There are tons of ways of doing this where they could have brought in and actually had proper competition with local established taxi services while providing legitimate legal services with appropriate driver qualifications, safety, security checks. That's the other thing. All taxi drivers have to undergo a security check. All taxis have cameras in them to protect the passengers and the taxi drivers. And you can be assured of the cost and a taxi will take you. Uh, Whereas the service could have been a good thing to bring in some more competition, to bring prices down, those sorts of things. But so far, all I have seen from this company is them flouting the law in many different countries around Mm. the world, not just Mm. New Zealand, Australia. Uh, and the drivers of the service being pulled up and doing illegal things, not having proper coverage or insurance or anything like that, there is no security check for a, an Uber driver. There is no safety for an Uber driver. Um, and the fact that their fair pricing system means that if you are, you know, you could wait 15 minutes and get a taxi who will take you that play, to your place, guaranteed, or a pre, you know a known amount of money or you can get an uber driver who may be there in 5 minutes but it will cost you $2000 for the yeah, look, I don't,
0: you look you know what as long as you know beforehand and that's the key to your argument but you uh, don't I, there's, there's no know problem. beforehand
1: uber does not uber does not show you that yeah, but uber they, does not even show the drivers
0: that yeah i know and they can change that that's what it i'm saying it is all hidden mm.
1: But they've shot themselves so badly in the foot. They are so badly managed. It is like their management are intentionally criminal in their behavior (laughs) that why would you trust them? How can you trust them after how they have behaved? It is atrocious. And somebody else should come in with that same sort of technology, that same sort of drive, but follow the rules, approach things appropriately- Mm. And yep. actually provide an honest, reliable service that will promote competition.
0: Mm. What was the story originally about?
1: Uh, <laughs> trademarks. Of course, you knew. I, you knew I'd
0: rant about something. I did. I did. All right, Brad, look, let's leave it there. I want to thank you very much for co-hosting your very first episode for this year. Mm, Indeed. It's been a good one. And uh, we'll do it again next week. Until then, have yourselves a great week. Uh, Thanks again, Brett. See you all next time. Goodbye.
1: Ciao.